welcome to Swapping Joysticks. It is the 11th of May, 2023, and we are in peak Eurovision-ness right now. You can maybe see, but we're currently wearing our Eurovision t-shirts. Maybe we should be swapping Eurovision for today. We Yeah, should just have an entire podcast just about Eurovision. Ah, <laughs> oh, It's a really nice t-shirt, this. For those it listening quite comfy. on the podcast, it is a really comfy t-shirt, but it's also like a really nice logo. I like... I wasn't too sure about the logo at the start, uh, but now I am and, fully into and it. Ben, Ben, what are we? We are swapping joysticks. What are we? We are united by music. Yeah, we are. That's right. Is that a football reference? No, but they did have You'll Never Sing Alone, which is definitely a Liverpool football reference, and we are not buying that shirt. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Yeah, welcome to This Is Woman Joyce. It's your home of LGBTQIA+, uh, gaming, streaming, and whatever else we kind of talk about. Um, and yeah, I'm Ben Ostwick, otherwise known as Biggest Bennis, and who are you? I was literally about to say, who are you, Ben? Let's do the intro, shall we? Yeah, we should really. Uh, I am Ed Knights, Eurogamer reporter and Twitch streamer. Excellent. And Captain, no, we're not united by Coombe. <laughs> wow um yeah no we are well i am feeling fine today yesterday i have never been as tired as i think i am in my life as yesterday how many times did i fall asleep yesterday you were very grumpy i don't think i was grumpy you were quite grumpy what was i grumpy about apart from the mushy peas that weren't mushy peas you moaned that the mushy peas were literally just mushed up peas and not proper mushy peas i think that is a very legitimate and even though i'm not tired at all now i would be still grumpy if somebody served me mashed up peas i don't want mashed up peas i want mushy peas mushy peas have like butter and stuff in it um no money we were not grumpy in the spa but there was there was grumpiness at people why were we grumpy at people i mean i'm always grumpy at people so that doesn't really make a difference does it no so yeah, well, yesterday we went to well, we had we'll, a spa we'll day. yeah, we'll do it in we'll do it backwards. Uh, yesterday we went yeah, we went to Brighton to uh, to have a spa day yeah, and have a nice little walk around there, and uh, it was well. What did you think? Well, my back still hurts. That's from a, the massage. Yeah, <laughs> she fully went in, and I I I admit it's my fault because she said, "Do you want it to be sort of medium or do you want it firm?" And I was like. Give it to me firm. And she fully went in with her elbows. It wasn't even like just a nice, you know, firm thumb rub. It was literally <laughs> across my back. Oh, see, I wish I had had her. And every single part of my back clicked as she like dug her elbow up my spine. Oh. And I was like, this is fucking painful and not particularly comfortable. But I was just lying there thinking... Firstly, don't vomit your lunch up because we just had lunch. We did. Secondly, yeah. please don't fart on her. And thirdly, like this will be worth it afterwards. Yeah, Alex and now is, my back just really hurts. Alex in chat's like, I love that. I need that. I was like, I would love it because I had. We should have swapped. <laughs> yeah, we had different people. Obviously, in different rooms. It wasn't a couples massage, but um, yeah, the lady that I had. Oh, she was firm, but she had like firm grip. Like she was using her hands the entire time. She didn't use. I think she used her elbows a little bit. But um, I mean, I'm totally down for that. Honestly, like I want to be borderline screaming in pain when I get my massages. Yeah, I don't. I, I want my muscles pummeled so that not the knots are out, but like there's just like it's kind of like as, about as tender as a piece of salmon. I like hands, not elbows. Yeah. Just saying. 
Um, oh, but it was so good. It was like the fastest 45 minutes of my life. It did go by very quickly. And then it was all up the arms and up the legs. And arms, even they, he said. Even they were clicking. And I'm like, why are my arms clicking? What what muscle have you found in there? Mm. Um, and admittedly, I have really bad posture. And I do just sit all day at a desk playing video yeah. games and typing and whatever and slouching on a sofa. So it's definitely my own fault. But as Yuffie says, deep team, uh, deep tissue massage makes your body feel like you did an intense workout the next day. I was debating going to the gym today and I thought, no. <laughs> Yesterday was a workout. Like, I, I, left I also like... did about three lengths of the pool, which was not a long that, pool. That's about as long as this room, Ed. So <laughs> that was enough exercise for me. Three lengths. I mean, I literally could, I could, you know, when I pushed off from one side, I could push off from one side and probably make it to the well, other just side. Just because you're tall. That's true. But yeah, no, I was just saying I can like turn my neck I've got a lot more freedom of my neck because I got whiplash um, or some kind of neck injury when I was younger and I can only really look over one shoulder. I can look over one shoulder more than the other. Um, I got it, do, it was a ski accident. Um, but like after having that, I was like, oh, I've got a lot more flexibility back. So I think I should go there. I wonder if the, I can get it on the NHS because technically that's helped my health. Um, but no, I think I can, um, I'm going to go probably like every two or three months to treat myself. I think we should. Yeah. Although, it's how expensive are massages in London? I mean, we went to Bri- the reason we went to Brighton was that it was about a hundred pounds cheaper uh, just to go to Brighton, and it was twenty five pounds a train ticket. So it's like, yeah, let's just do that. Um, but it's like ridiculously priced. That's London for you. There's one place called Air Hotels, and you go through. Let's, I'm going to ask in the chat. Sorry for the people listening to this on podcast. I want to ask the chat: How much would you pay to go to a spa, which is part of a hotel? And you go and experience six different baths. So there's like a, a very warm jacuzzi bath. There's a quite warm one. There's a cold one. There's an ice bath. And then I think you get a glass of champagne. How much would it's you probably Carver? Yeah. How much would you pay for that? Let us know. Yeah. Considering so, this is London. <laughs> well, considering what you would. Honestly, I, I keep getting so many. Money says 50 euros. Okay, one second. <laughs> Let me just see exactly how much it costs because yeah, I don't want to... Double uh, check it. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's like Roman baths, this place. And it sounds... Sounds beautiful. People say it's nice. It does sound like very nice and very fancy. Um, Rick Pixel says 50 pounds, mainly, mainly because I can just change the temperature in my bathroom at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. So it's the... Mark Lighting says maybe his firstborn. <laughs> okay, so they do it for two. It's a couple's experience. A couple's experience. Because we're not doing the love constellations. Um, but the... No. Where is it? It's the... Uh, oh, oh, they do do a 75-minute full body massage, though. Um, How much is that? I'm not saying. <laughs> Please do. Um, but, well, the bath tour... A is, tour of the baths. It's literally a bath tour. Yeah. 45... Oh, sorry, no, that's a different one. Um, where is it? Here we go. It's... Most love experience. Sorry, I'm trying to find the thing. Yeah, a journey of relaxation in a candlelit historical building. Uh, oh, that's a massive. Keep talking, I'll find it. Honestly, oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, here we go. It's 45 minutes. So 45 minutes relaxing. Oh, that's the massage one again. I need to find it without the massage because it was different without the massage. Keep keep talking, Ed. I'll find well, it. The one with the massage at the end is what I was thinking because if you're going to go, I don't just want to soak in a bath. I I want someone to touch me at the end of it. Please. Would you want a... Um, okay, would you want a 30-minute or a 60-minute massage? 60? Okay. 30 minutes is literally a quick poke. I want more than that. Okay, well, a 60-minute full-body massage and the journey for of relaxing, relaxation for two 
Um, Hang on, this price is for two people? Yes. Okay. For two people, and it's 135 minutes, so just over two hours, mm -hmm. with a yeah, 60-minute massage, £445. Fucking hell. <laughs> £445. Jesus. And if you want a 90 body... No, no, that's for two people, money. For two people. That's for a couple. A yeah. A couple's experience. But yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that's just ridiculous. Like there's... Um, signature tea experience, Britain's magnificent culture and heritage with a journey that stimulates your five senses while submerging you in a deep state of relaxation through our exquisite tea-based experience. There's a tea-based experience that's £800. £800 for some tea? And I mean, I would love that, but still, not for £800. It's £900 for the wine one. Wow. Manatee says Ed expects a happy ending for that price. I'll tell you what, I did not get head and you did, and I'm very annoyed. She did massage my head that yeah. was exactly what she did it was a full body massage and i'm like well you went from neck down i did not she get did. a head massage and the thing is like, so i went in there and she was like um i'm gonna leave so you can like derobe would you like the uh she's like would you like the little the disposable underwear oh you also went naked well no she was like do you want the disposable underwear and i was like Yes, I don't particularly want to be butt naked, which is fine. You know, I mean, there's a towel covering you and stuff, but like, you know what? I'll have the disposable one. It was like a thong. It was literally a thong. It was a paper thong. I, I felt so uncomfortable. And I, I think I put it on the wrong way around as well. Because there's like one side that's a bit bigger oh, than the so other. Oh, your ass was covered and your dick was out. No, because there's one that's a bit wider. <laughs> like when you put underwear that's on. What, the... You know, that's what a thong is. I think <laughs> like a string. Down the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what was covering your dick. Oh, I thought you meant to put a bollock either side of the string. <laughs> I, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> no it was um it was an experience but yeah no i, I think i might have put it the wrong way around but anyway i got uh <laughs> my bits i got the um yeah i covered myself she didn't see anything luckily uh, i didn't even get that choice <laughs> no no you went in yeah she saw no, you I mean, just I was, like keep your I trunks on trunks, but she literally just like yeah just sit with a towel over you i was like all right thanks <laughs> yeah and then she elbowed me yeah great as I go ahead. No, it was um, it was very enjoyable, and I was like, oh, but like part of me keeps. I've realised I cannot get rid of anything in my head. Like you know, you can't. You know, people like just just what? like free yourself from all thoughts. I can't do that. I was trying to like free myself from thinking, and I just kept like thinking about random stuff all the time. Did you fall asleep? I nearly did. Nearly, nearly did. Especially when I was on my back. Because when I'm face down, because I've got quite a, a large face, you might have noticed. Mm. Like the the, but the hole is like this big, so it's like ah, there, and I can like no, my no, nose no, is my through full, it. My full face is through. Yeah, it. <laughs> your head's your head's down. <laughs> no, like yeah, which is, and then it was like pushing in on my eyes, and I had my contact lenses in, so I couldn't really. It wasn't it wasn't the most comfortable on my face, but it was it was fine. Head fell through it. <laughs> yeah, see, I I wasn't thinking of nothing, but it was very much like just. Just get through this. Mm. It will be fine. Don't yeah. worry. Just just deal with the pain. But I love them talking there about myself in a paper thong. And my brother's in the chat. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, just 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 mute, Ed. <laughs> just just um, Sam. Do I call you Ed? Just yeah. yeah. It gets mixed up. Just mute. Uh, yeah, your ear bleach is on its way. Uh, yeah, that is. But anyway, we had that and we sat in a jacuzzi. We went to a steam room. I'm not doing that again. I really liked it. I'm used to Absolutely it, though. Absolutely not. Yeah. There was like the wet steam room that kind of is, you know, proper steam and was at least bearable. But after about two minutes, I was like, I feel like I might faint and this is awful. And then next to it was like the dry one that's literally just 
a hot room. I'm like, why the fuck would you sit My in here? My favorite one was the dry this room. And we sat in there and we were like, ow, 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 ow. And we're like burning it into our legs. And then the guy came in with a towel and put it down and sat on it. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's just oh, a yeah, dry you're one. you sit on a towel, aren't you? Because it's dry. Um, yeah, a sauna, but it was it was horrendous. Is a sauna dry and a steam room the wet one? Are they the names? Or are they both saunas, like different types? Are they wet saunas? I think it's just different types of sauna, isn't it? I don't know. Where are the Finnish people when we uh, we need to know? Anyway, there was one that was just really hot. Yeah. And dry. I like that one. And just, I literally just, the room was just thick as hell and like the air. And I was like, I literally can't breathe. I feel hot. I feel uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, See, I like it. I'm also with Yuffie here. Eczema does not like sweats. And all you do is sit in a room and sweat. And I'm like, this is the most disgusting thing ever. It smells like a new shed. Well, it smelled all right. It At smell- least it doesn't smell of BO. Yeah, that's true. But to be fair, though, the little ice bucket afterwards was nice. Oh, yeah? you went. I, I thought you refreshing. would collapse. I thought you would literally collapse on the floor. Well, I nearly collapsed in the blimmin' sauna. I was like, the heat is going to my head. This is this is horrible. Yeah. And then the uh, old lady came in and uh, started chatting for ages. Yeah, I was like, I've had enough. Yeah. I, I don't want old ladies chatting next to me while I'm dying in a sauna. Thank you very much. No. It's weird because the sauna was like round a corner and it's like, I bet some vile stuff. Oh, there were lots of there. little alcoves in this place. They called it the grotto. Um, and it was like three floors underneath a hotel with mm. lots of little weird alcoves and corners Alcove. that have definitely seen some action. Mm. Yeah. Not from us, but you know. No. <laughs> not in that feeling that uncomfortable absolutely although did see in a little Geralt tub didn't we a what the the jacuzzi was like a Geralt tub it was oh, like yeah. this tiny little tub with like wooden thing around it they're yeah, like you know how you Geralt sits and, oh my god I should have got you in there put your feet over and taken a picture like Geralt no oh. I'm not having my picture taken in a in a grotto thank you very much <laughs> alright Mrs. Claus it's not happening yeah you don't want to blow in the grotto. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a blowy in the grotto. Grim grottos. Yeah. If I want a steam room, I just walk right outside my any time in the summer. But yeah, <laughs> luckily we don't have that too much of a problem here. Although this room might become one, I think, in the summer with the three PCs that we have. <laughs> yeah, especially if oh. you start farting in the middle of it as well. Did I fart? Mm. I don't think I farted. Well, oh, you meant in the summer. Just in yeah. general here, yeah. you probably will do. That's true. Tea makes me fart, I've noticed. I exist for granny's gossiping. They have all the tea. I can't remember what she was talking about. I don't know, but what I wanted was silence. Yeah. <laughs> Utter silence. Utter silence. But yeah, that was, so that was our trip to Brighton. A very relaxing trip, which uh, stressed it out. But then we went, we went for a little walk into some like record shops and up the lanes in Brighton. If anybody's been to the lanes in Brighton, it, they are really nice shops. Yeah. Lots of sort of quirky, unique, artsy kind of shops, which was cool. You know what I mean? I bought, um, if you know what I mean, there's a lot of that. Um, but it's Brighton. We love that. Mm. Um, I I bought the Returnal soundtrack on vinyl. And you're never going to play it again. Well, you didn't enjoy listening to it. It was awful. I sat on, sat on the toilet and I'm like, you know what? It's probably coming to the end of it by now. So I'm just going to sit here until he stops because I don't particularly want to sit in the living room and listen to some kind of... Well, it wasn't even like that because that sounds a bit rocky. It's industrial alien sound design, actually. Yeah, it's- it was awful. Um, It'd be anyway, great in a game. It, I just do not need to listen to it in my free time to relax. That's fair. But it's a yellow vinyl. It looks very sexy. Mm. And it's got some very nice cover art, which will look lovely on the wall. Yes, when we finally get and that up. I, I now need to 
meet Jane Perry in person again so she can Get sign, to sign it, it for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be perfect. I'll, Jane, if you're listening. Yeah, I'll just reply to your won't. tweet with like, Jane, oh my God, you need to get it signed by Jane Perry. Make it sound like it isn't your idea. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. But the big We day- had a nice walk on the beach as well with an ice cream. We did. I had a lovely ice cream. You oh, had we didn't. Bubble gum ice cream. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, I'm getting an extra scoop just so I can try the bubble gum ice cream. No. It was very nice. No. What's wrong with bubble gum ice cream? Bubble gum. Bubble grump. Well, okay, it's kind of just sweet and a bit weird on its own. But the fact that you had it as three scoops, so that's then mixing with like mint choc chip and salted caramel. Oh, that was nice. I'd like bits of fudge in it. Like when you have an ice cream, if you're getting more than one flavour, you've got to think about what's going to go together. Because by the end of it, it's just a mush. Oh, I love bubblegum flavour. I love bubblegum flavoured pop. Pop? Yeah, love a bit of pop. Bubblegum pop. It's great. Oh, 30p from the See, corner Dylan shop. Dylan agrees with me. Well, some people do. You've got to also think of the order, because whatever you say first is what's going to be on the bottom. And that's, so that's what, what you're left with. Bubble so gum. you've got to think very carefully about what order of ice cream, what flavours are going to actually go together. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I had vanilla and cookies and cream, which is as white and basic as you can get, but it tasted good. I know, vanilla. <laughs> Who gets vanilla ice cream? Because it was clotted cream and vanilla. Oh, maybe. It was creamy and delicious. All Yuffie's meds were bubblegum as a kid. That is, that'll make me want to drink lots of meds. It's called for Fusion Cuisine. Exactly. Yeah, salted caramel and bubblegum. But yeah, that was, so that was bright. And we went there yesterday. And we, I mean, for those who are just joining in, yes, we will be talking about video games very soon. <laughs> but as you can see by our t-shirts, if you are watching the video of this, we went to the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, we went to Liverpool. On Tuesday... We went to Liverpool. Oh dear, I had to stop myself so many times. One thing I noticed... By the, and we I, had lots of chicken. Uh, I just, <laughs> just, the way I can't do the accent at all. No, it's just gets really annoyed. It just sounds horrible. <laughs> um, I mean... But I've got to say, people in Liverpool... Like the nicest people I think I've ever met. They were They were very friendly. But the thing is, is that also when we go to Yorkshire, people are... Very friendly. Yeah. When we went to Brighton, people were very friendly. Where are people not friendly? London. London. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But like, I've got to, like, yeah, even compared to Yorkshire, though, like, people in Liverpool, everybody there was just so, so, so nice. Um, like, just going to the shop, they were, like, just, yeah, happy to be there. Everyone and calls chatting. you darling. Yeah. It was very chatty. Yeah. It I'm was... not going to attempt to do that in a Liverpoolian accent. No. But we, no, we just... Yeah, I just had an amazing, amazing time there, and the people were absolutely lovely. The food was atrocious. Um, oh, it was really bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some nice places in Liverpool that sell nice food, but not there. Like, so, well, you say there. So basically, we got off the train at like 11-ish uh, and walked straight to the arena, which is near the docks, um, which if anyone's been to Liverpool, um, the dock area is kind of really old, but was redeveloped, I think, I want to say maybe 10 years ago. Sure. Oh really? It's that new? Yeah, it's pretty new. So there's like loads of new shops there and stuff like that. And there's a, this big arena which is now owned by MS mm. or sponsored by. Um so we went straight there. Um we queued up for the merch stand um to get our t-shirts. Um and we also got a program. We did. Oh, where's we also, the program? Uh it's next in the next room. Oh. Uh along with the magnet. Um and just well why? Because we have a white white and cork board. It's which quite, is very exciting. It's a bit bigger than I was expecting. 
It is quite big. Yeah. But we have a whiteboard and corkboard, which is basically going to go on the wall behind us, behind it the is, door. It is huge. So um, <laughs> we've got like little bits and pieces of art and things that like people have sent us in the past. Um, so we're going to put them all up on the corkboard. Yeah. Uh, and including our Eurovision um, magnet. So that's nice. <laughs> that can be the first thing we put on there. Yeah. So we had that and then we went into the arena um, and we that was about an hour and a half before it started. And yeah, we were so like, there's literally nothing to do. We're just sitting around. Yeah, we went to the afternoon preview of the first semi-final. Now, it used to be the jury final or the jury um, uh, the jury show, but the, ju- uh, the juries don't vote on semi-finals this year. They're testing it out as just public only. So it's literally just public vote. It's, it is literally a rehearsal. And what you see is... Um, and, and this goes to my mother, who decided to send me 10 million texts of like, oh, did you see this? Did you see this? Oh, did you see that? I'm like, mum, it is exactly the same show. Yeah. It's just they weren't wearing their costumes. Chill out. Yeah, I mean, the only... I say costumes, I mean the presenters weren't in their dresses. That's Everything it. else was exactly yeah. the same. It was the same chat, the same jokes. It was the same show. Um, they even had like a fake... That. They even had fake results. Um, they do have fake results, which is very funny because it's... It's basically stand-ins from the crew. So um, they're like, they've got like a sign being like Sweden or whatever. And people are like pretending to be the acts. Um, and they've obviously been told what the acts would say. So they're then like pretending to be them um, yeah. whilst waving on the camera and we're all laughing. It's good fun. But like at the at the end, yeah, when they're kind of announcing the, the winners going through and it's just like the crew, there's like some guy, there's some, uh, just some guy just sat there. He looked about about 21, 22 and just, just chilling. And he's there like Switzerland. And then, yeah, when they announced that Switzerland get through, he's like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and like pretending. And also, the, the, also the countries that they that they called out, they were like, and the first one through is Azerbaijan. And we were like, well, this is definitely fake because that's not getting through. No. I'm pretty sure Sweden didn't get through. Oh, neither did Finland. I don't think Sweden <laughs> or Finland, Finland got through. Yeah, like, this is clearly fake. Yeah, I think the <laughs> Netherlands got through. So it was very, very fake. <laughs> it was really sweet. And the people that were doing it seemed fun. And like everybody was really into it. My favorite bit of the whole night was before the show went live, they had a couple of camera shots. Um, or they just had like a camera in the <laughs> oh, back. Yeah. And the, the, so they had a camera. Now the, the ground floor, people are standing. And they had a camera just kind of at the back looking at the stage. Um, but it was like below. So people, it, you could see people just wandering past. They didn't really realize and there were two guys talking to each other, like right in the middle of this camera. They had no idea they were on the main screen. Yeah. And they were just talking. I think it was quite loud. So they were, speak- they were quite they close were to really, each other. They were really, really close to each other. Yeah. And one was kind of facing the camera. One was slightly further, like sort of facing away slightly. So they couldn't see the screen. And then like they must have talked for about five, ten seconds. And I think everyone was, because the, the first thing that had popped up on the screen in a while. So they were all, everyone was looking at everyone it. Everyone was watching. Yeah. And then the guy, then they kissed each other. Finally. Finally. Because they were so close. Everyone's like, are they going to lean in? Are are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? it?" And then they kissed and the crowd just went crazy and started cheering. (laughs) And they must have been like, what? And I don't think they they realised at all that that was why everyone was cheering. That was amusing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, But yeah, we got there and we had had some really terrible food, um, which they'd named after different countries. mm. So there was like, oh, do you want Spanish food, which was some churros or... I can't remember what else there was. I had Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, I had. I, mean, um, I think mine was Ukrainian, but it was it was basically loaded fries, but with chicken Kiev strips, which was just some breaded chicken that was massacred. Um, like it was just overly cooked and awful. Um, and I'm some, glad it was massacred. It wasn't alive. The chicken, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was probably a poor 
choice of words. Yeah. Um, you mean um, it was very overcooked. Yeah, um, and with pickled cabbage and like some mayonnaise or something. And I was like, this doesn't sound very Ukrainian, but sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't good food. No, it wasn't. No, mine was mine was some kind of beef pulled beef stuff. But yeah, and then I don't we went. What country that was? Yeah, then we went into the arena. Um, although I think we'd been in there already. We didn't realize that alcohol, you, that you could take alcohol in there. So we, I kind of like downed You literally two downed drinks. a pint before we went in. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm like, yeah, downed a pint and a Pepsi Max. So I was wired and slightly tipsy. And then within like two songs in, I'm like, I really need the loo. So I managed to uh, sneak out very quickly. But I didn't miss anything. But the show itself was very good. I mean, if you saw the semi on Tuesday, you, you literally saw the same show that we did um like almost word for word with the same jokes and everything i think the performers or the performances were very like i wouldn't say there were really any differences between what we saw oh, no, i think the, the performances were identical like they had the same yeah. outfits on the same things like even like the the fireworks and the that kind of stuff was was all there and the performances that we thought were good and thought they'll go through i think generally that's what happened later in the night as except well except serbia but then people Serbia. watching it, I think, also went, this is terrible. And Which, that was the cyberpunky one for people remembering. Mm. Um, it was, it did not go well. It was very off key and not well sung in the arena. Um, I think the one thing when you're there, well, there's two things when you're there watching it. The first thing is that the arena is way smaller than it looks on TV. Because we could see it on camera, like they've got screens around so you can see the shots that they are basically testing. Mm. So you can see, okay, what is this going to look like on screen? Um, and it looks way bigger on the, on screen. We went in there because we were basically towards the back, but still had an amazing view and mm. felt like we were pretty close. So it's actually quite a small arena. Um, oh, it's but, only like 20,000 or less than that? Maybe, yeah. Less than that, actually. Um, and then the second thing is just to see the difference between what works on camera and what works in an arena in terms of staging. Like for me, Norway's performance on stage, I think looked better than it did in, like on camera because you could see loads of all the lighting and stuff that they were going for. And I think some of the shots for the TV show mm. didn't necessarily show that. Um, or Czechia with the, the, the my sister's the crown one. Yes, that was um, one of my favourites. There was a bit where they were on like the middle stage with like, red lights all around them in a big circle like sort of hovering over and as if they were like summoning something it was really cool and i don't think that really came across on screen mm. um so it's really interesting to compare because then there are other bits like israel where she's like in her tube thing at the start um which we couldn't see which we couldn't see because we were at the side so like literally it, until she came out and smacked the floor with her dancing we i'm glad you re- said dancing we couldn't really <laughs> say very much we couldn't really see very much yeah um so yeah, it's just it's interesting to see like the staging and the choices that are made. Like some things really work in an arena and just don't come off on on screen at all. I think. Um, mm. And then the other thing that really amused me is the fact that Loreen was absolutely given like key billing, like top billing. She was right in the middle. They'd planned it so she was well. I guess she was randomly drawn at 11 but they had it five performances break five performances break so there was a break just before but they gave her, her an extra long break and it was a very long break because they had to bring in her panini press um and then there was a break afterwards as well so that they could clear it out and it's the fact that all like they they wheel on whatever staging there is and and the stage is actually really cool i think a lot of stages 
Um, when they're setting stuff up, they'll have bits of like colored tape to mark out where things should be. But because the floor is all light up, LED, it, isn't it, 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 it? Yeah, it completely lights up. It lights up with squares to show where they need to mark stuff on the stage, which is just kind of funny to see then like what the, what do they name things yeah I can, um, I can put a picture i can put a picture in the discord now um i'll pop it in the swapping joysticks uh discord channel but i took a picture where you can see where the the markings were on the ground yeah and so they wheel all the staging on and then the the performers come up um some steps on the side and sort of walk on and walk into position but with loreen she is fully set inside the panini press so they literally push her on because they they don't want to have like steps so that she can walk up onto it on the stage. So they literally wheel on this big panini press thing. It kind of opens up. She's inside. Um, she does her performance. It's wonderful. And then and then kind of the lights change and then they just wheel her off and she just sits on it and lays on this thing while they just wheel her off the stage. Like, thanks, Lorene. You've done your bit now. <laughs> yeah. Um, which just really amused me. Um, yeah, I posted it in there. Like you can see the the square. There's like a square box along the bottom uh, where it's like telling where things are, but there are there are better pictures of that. But you know, she she was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, she she was a lot better live, I thought, than when I saw her at the at the previous uh, at like this um, the finals for Sweden. Yeah, I was I was worried because like she's obviously she's Lorene, she's amazing, but mm. she's sometimes a bit pitchy, and um, she was she was pretty much perfect. I'd say she was she was bang on. The performance was great. Um, everyone was super hyped to see her, which was really cool. Um, but the react, the biggest reaction of all was Finland by an absolute mm. mile. It was the very last one and the build up, the anticipation of it. Everyone was like cheering more than they'd done for any other song all the way throughout. It was like, cha, 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 cha. Everyone's properly people, going for it. People saying that the audio balancing for him was actually really bad. Uh, and like he wasn't it didn't sound as good as he normally does because he sounded great in the oh. in the hall in the arena but um i've seen people criticize him saying it wasn't very good um at home or it didn't sound as good as it actually is because yeah it sounded great oh. for us yeah, but, yeah but for i've us. been i've been scouring the reddit uh eurovision reddit of course yeah but yeah no, honestly cha 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 could win i think Lorene's probably still the strongest i mean i haven't looked at the odds and don't don't tell us i'm going to go in completely not knowing really who it is but I really enjoyed Czechia's, my sister's mm. crown. It was kind of like haunting. The hair was good. Like, yeah, it was a bit haunting. That really strong bass in it. Uh, it was phenomenal. It's cool because it kind of built the the, core, uh, the verse sort of builds up and then it has this really like expansive chorus as they like walk down the staging. And stuff. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, yeah, that one was a bit of a surprise to me. Mm. So it was Israel just yeah. in that I wasn't expecting it, the whole unicorn thing. Um I'd sort of dismissed that song when we'd heard it previously. And then seeing it live, it was like, okay, she can really perform. She's also ridiculously attractive. Yeah. Um, and like she can sing, she can dance, she can do everything. You're like, okay, cool. I, I get this. But the more I think about it, the more I don't actually like it that much, even though I kind of did in the arena. Apparently she's ridiculously famous in Israel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's just, it's the fact that she's like, do you want to see me dance? And I'm like, no, I want to hear you sing. It's a singing contest. Um, and then she just kind of dances away towards the end. And I'm like, I kind of wish there was a big vocal flourish as opposed to her dropping to the floor and getting a breakfast out, um, <laughs> which was just a bit unnecessary. Mm. Um, but she did do a good job in the arena. I wasn't expecting that. I think, I think personally, I still think Lorene 
should win. I mean, my favourite song is still Austria, but I don't think it really stands a chance. Um, I think Lorene is still favourite and probably should win, and I think she will win the jury vote. But I think Finland is going to win the public vote, and we'll have to see if that is enough for Finland to take over. But, it was for Ukraine last year, but... Yeah. Hmm, we will see. It's definitely between those two. Definitely. Yeah. Also, yeah, Hannah Waddingham was amazing. Oh, she is the loveliest, funniest person. Like, she's incredible. She, she did was it in, like, really, a sports like, bra, didn't she? Yeah, she was just in, like, tracksuit bottoms and, a, and, like, a bra top. Um, like, she was not in her full dress. But she was just working the crowd, loving it. Is clearly a big fan and just was such a good presenter. She's All the presenters so were actually really good. Alicia Dixon, I thought, was brilliant. She yeah, was really... I quite enjoyed her rap. A lot of other yeah. people didn't online, but I quite enjoyed like, her it's rap. It's because it's a lot of people that like to pretend that they're above rap music for reasons you well, could probably guess. Well, people are idiots. Yeah. It's a lot of kind of like, oh no, there's no rap. You shouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah. But it's... Um, and Julia uh, but, was great yeah, Julia, well. yeah, Julia was amazing. I like it. There's a picture of um, like Hannah and Julia standing next to each other, and it's like those two houses where there's that that big pink one, and then there's just like the goth house, and it's like those two next to each other. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people don't exactly. Uh, uh, Alex says a lot of people who don't remember that's how she started. How dare and, people not know who Mystique are? And honestly, when she started rapping, I was like, oh my god, it, it kind of transported me back to the days of Mystique when she used to do that rapping. So she, so so scandalous. Yeah. Doom, 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 doom. Oh, what a tune. Yeah. What a tune. <sighs> I just like Mystique. If, also, if anyone different. is not from the UK and has no idea who Mystique are, please go listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> M-I-S-S? Like M-I-S-T-E-E-Q, I think. And yeah, she's a legend. It's like proper noughties garage pop. Does she sing? Yes. She is. She sings the boy. The boy does nothing. The boy does nothing. That was the I song I remember. Song. <laughs> yeah. The boy does nothing. That was a great song. Ah, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, that is uh, Miss Teak. T e e q, and uh, yeah. So uh, she was great. But yeah, all three of them really were as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing tonight with Graham. But Graham's doing commentary. Oh, sorry, not tonight on Saturday. Graham's doing commentary and and presenting. he's presenting in it. That's he's got to do some running. Yeah. But no, I'm very excited about this evening. I think that I think we would. I mean, we've talked about Eurovision a lot between us because it's been our week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I enjoy that it is a week long sort of celebration of European music. And I think you said it, it's it's kind of like a week long music festival. And like I've got a friend who still will only ever watch the final. She does. She's a huge fan, but she refuses to watch the semis because she just wants to go in sort of not knowing anything and just listen to the songs once on the night on the final and that's it because that's how it always used to be and i'm like the eurovision's changed now and i like that it's a full week um and you've got all these other you know the two semis all these performances to watch and analyze mm-hmm. um there's so much to get into um and then after the show we then walked down the road um and we went to the um the eurovision village which is literally a little mini music festival that they have and there's a huge stage um belgium's entry was singing as we arrived yes um, oh, doing a little extra sing that song. is my 100 percent favorite for tonight sorry to uh everybody no, from like austria Austrian. and stuff but no we freaking love gustav no we we like edgar Allan poe we love gustav who the hell is edgar gustav no um 
So yeah, they've got a huge stage. There's all the like food stands. They've got big screens and people, it's completely free. So people can just go there and sit and watch the semis um, on the big screens mm -hmm. or just sit and enjoy the music. Um, we ended up watching, uh, it was about an hour, I think. And it was ENO, which is English National Opera. Um, they had a full orchestra on stage with a choir and opera singers that then came in and sang loads of like Eurovision classics. And some non-Eurovision. Which was great. So it started with Roslana, who you'll know from Wild Dances, Ukraine. We heard her um, singing Wild Dances. She not only did she sing it, she conducted the orchestra while she was like chanting, and then she turned around and then just like went into Wild Dances, and they did it all with a full orchestra. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, there was an opera singer doing Euphoria. Yes. Um, which wasn't as good in opera. It, no, it, it didn't really no, work. It's like a dance song. It doesn't quite work. No. Well, sometimes dance songs do, but that didn't. The, we had Russell Watson. Yes. Um, who did Volare. Um, mm. And some uh, another one. Um, they Where, did River Dance. Yes. And there was an old man doing some Irish dancing. He who, wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> she was not better. doing it. And then he was dancing with like a sort of probably 14 year old. And I was like, this is not working. And there's <laughs> Sonia. Sonia was there. Sonia was there. Yeah. Um, Liverpudlian legend. She was the UK entry in 1993, I think it was. Did she win? Um, no, she. Yeah. I think she was like top three or top five yeah. or something. But um, do you know the UK has got more second places than like any other country? Well, they're like, well, how many was a, it? It was like twenty something. <laughs> like the yeah. ridiculous number of second place. Yeah. Um. So that Sonia was there. There was an old Irish entry. Um. Yeah. The woman, I've forgotten her name. Oh yeah, she was like she did it in the eighties or something, and she's still able to sing it. Yeah, she still had quite a decent voice. And then there was our favorite counter tenor. Oh, there was a countertenor who was literally in in these like I don't know how you. If you don't know what a countertenor is, because I only just discovered it. A countertenor is like a um, a eunuch, but hasn't had the chop. Well, they use it's like medieval times. They would literally chop off. Basically, in medieval times, this is my music degree coming out. Thank um, you. They they um, they really valued the purity of a young boy's voice, and so they would basically chop boys' balls off to stop them from hitting puberty so that their voices would stay high and pure. Um, and now you just get men singing in falsetto, sort of mimicking it. Yeah. Um, but... Castrato, um, that was that's the word. Um, but, um, but now the yeah, countertenors are like that, those, aren't they? Modern day ones, yeah, but, modern without, day but with balls. You, they'd still have their balls, yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or just sing really deeply. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he came on and was like super sassy and did. Um, no, he he came on in full drag singing Dana International Diva. Well, it wasn't quite full drag, but it, it was, was. It was a dress. It was, no, it wasn't. Was it, it wasn't. I looked carefully. It's like I was about to describe it. I don't know what you call them, but they were like super super flared trouser legs that, when you stand still, sort of looks like it's a skirt, but oh. actually they, they were trousers. Okay. Um, and. Um, that is true, man. I see. We see him at Evil Times because Strati was still walking around in the Edwardian era. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, he came out in in like full kind of thing and, and makeup and did a Viva la Diva. Uh, and it was oh, amazing. You should do that. Thanks. Oh, uh, you will do with the It was amazing. And then and then did. Um, um, no, I didn't, do didn't, didn't he do Rise Like a Phoenix? Or was that someone else? Uh, I don't think he did. I think it was the, the big uh, opera. He did something else, oh, definitely. He came back and did something else because he got the words wrong. And then everyone came out for Waterloo. Yeah, a little sing-song of Waterloo at the end. 
which was very nice. And just, it was just really wholesome. Like everyone there is just Eurovision fans or just people out for a nice day. Yeah. And it was really nice weather. They wanted to just hear some music, appreciate the performances, watch some Eurovision. We'd already seen the show. Some people were then going to see the actual live semi that evening. And it was just a really nice kind of start to the week to be like, ah, we're in Eurovision mode now. I feel, I feel happy. Yeah. It was, it was and a it was really beautiful weather. Yeah. I think I got weird. sunburned on like one side because that's yeah. where the sun was. Um, it was, yeah, it was just a really, really nice day. And it's one of those things where I've wanted to go to Eurovision for years because I've watched it for years and thought at some point I'd love to go, but it's always a bit of a mission trying to get tickets. Mm. And then suddenly this year it's like, oh, it's in the UK. It's like, okay, we have to go. Um, and no. so finally we, um, We've been able to go to Eurovision. So I just got an email, a message saying, like, your Royal Mail parcel from Nintendo is on its way. Delivery is due Friday by 3 p.m. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> well, yours is Royal Mail. Mine's DPD. Oh, uh, well, whoever's comes first, I'm stealing. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to be streaming it as soon as I can tomorrow. Um, but yeah. yeah, we'll be talking about that very soon. But that was, uh, yeah, that was Eurovision. That was it Eurovision. was amazing. And that's another reason why we we're streaming a little bit earlier today as well, um, because we're going to go over we're to We're going to have another, another semi tonight. We will. Second one. The second semi. Yeah. And uh, and then there's the main one on Saturday, which the, they may or may not be coming, but uh, we might be having Donor, Donor mm. Tart come over and join us for that. I will be making Swedish meatballs. Lovely. I will... um, Westman has sent me um, his grandma's recipe for meatballs. Well, I mean, so, if you get a recipe from Swedish grandmother, then that is perfect. Exactly. So that is my job on Saturday daytime. To lovely, make lovely. Up some balls. Yum, yum, yum. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about it. It is a video games podcast, really. <laughs> I know we're 42 minutes in. Um, Ed, what have you been playing this week? Well, I'm in full Final Fantasy mode at the moment. Mm. Funny that. Yeah. Um, so as as I have the last couple of weeks, I'm getting through Shadowbringers. Um, I feel like it's clicking for me now and I am actually enjoying it. I'm at a point where I look forward to turning my PC on to play Final Fantasy fourteen. Amazing. It doesn't feel like a slog anymore. Oh. Excuse me. Sorry, wow. that's the tea coming back up. Um, it doesn't feel like a slog anymore. It feels, it feels like this is actually kind of fun. Um, I really appreciate the world. Um, it's it's a bit darker and edgier, a bit more emo, but also much more fantasy. -y. I feel like it's a lot um, more themed. Yeah. The, so the bit I'm at the moment for anyone who's played it um, is I'm basically in the fairyland, and I've just done a duty where you're like going underwater, and then you have to fight a frog and a top hat at the end. I mean, <laughs> it's wild. And um, you've seen like Moscow, or the the red square type kind yes, of decadent. I have. But you've not been in? Um, no, I have been in. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah I did have it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just so much more colourful and fantastical and imaginative. It's not taking itself quite as seriously, but it also is because it's kind of emo. Um, you can just tell that the storytelling is better as well. The direction of the cutscenes is better. The whole thing feels more streamlined. There's still... I still feel like the quest design is, is a little bit, go here, talk to this person, then do this. But there's a little bit less of that. Mm. So it feels a bit more involved. Um, I also like the the sort of flip of the story and that the world is full of light and you have to bring darkness to it. Mm. Where usually it's like the world is in dark and you must, you must, you know, you are the warrior of light, which is very Final Fantasy 1, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, 
but this is the opposite. And so it's kind of putting, turning Final Fantasy on its head a little bit, which I, which I really appreciate. And it means that the enemy designs, the light, light, light bringers. Are they called light bringers? Are they? I think I they can't are. remember what they're called. Um, they're, they're definitely giving me like Bayonetta vibes. It's kind of like mm. the sort of evil angel kind of vibe, which I like. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. The music's great as well. Again, that's bringing that emo vibe of the sort of rock music. Like there's like really twee fairy music and then you get into a battle and it's like screaming emo rock and it's just a wild mix, but I And you haven't it. got to the Great Raktika Greatwood yet? Not yet. No. I don't know if that is next after Fairyland. I think it is. Um, but I will, uh... but I've met Uriangere now. Um, mm. he's still, he still talks pretty weird. He does, but he's not as bad. Not as badly. I think people have noticed and that some people have claimed that it's because he's in a new world, so he has to kind of tone his language a bit more. I mean, that's like someone, I don't know if that's genuinely true or if that's just, people, I don't know. They heard criticism. Maybe. Um, I am also at a point now where I can play with duty support. So when they first had added that in, I think it began with Endwalker mm-hmm. or, and or with Shadowbringers, I can't quite remember. And then they went back to the beginning of the game and have put them all in. And I've been in the middle of that process for ages, mm-hmm. um, doing Stormblood. I'm like, oh, I've got to play with other people. And I know playing with other people is the point of an MMO. But unfortunately, I keep getting paired or matched up T-shirts. Um, I keep getting matched up with idiots who are horrible and mean, which nobody else seems to get in this no, game apart No, I've never from me. had that, yeah. Um, so now I can finally play with the duty support. Yay! And I kind of prefer it, but also don't. Um what I do enjoy is that I can then take the duties at my own pace. And because you're playing with the computer controlled um, characters who are part of the story, I feel like I've now got more of a connection with them. They're not just in cutscenes. I'm like, I'm battling with them. Mm. Um, and I feel like there's, there's more of a connection there. I can take it at my own pace. Um, you get a special dialogue. Yeah. And you can just enjoy the dungeon a bit more. It's not a rush because it's always a rush when you play with other people online because there's always someone who just, you know, an annoying tank who runs through the whole thing in one go. Um, It gives you a chance to learn the mechanics a little bit more. Um, So I appreciate that. On the flip side, it takes like 10 times longer because the AI is incredibly slow and not very good. Mm. Um, Like they don't, the AI sort of doesn't understand the mechanics of the bosses, I feel. So there was a bit where I died out of nowhere because like they just didn't do anything that they should have done um which was a bit annoying so you know i feel like ultimately yes you are meant to play this game with other people and it's easier with other people and people that know what they're doing and can help you out rather than it just being um just being computer people but i appreciate having the opportunity to try it for yourself and learn it uh it just takes the pressure off a little bit so i'm definitely going to stick with duty support i think even though it will take me longer um, but I, it's making me feel more confident in my abilities as a healer, which mm. is nice. The, also as a healer, it's really boring doing duty support because you can take it really slow. You barely have to heal the computer. So you're basically just constantly attacking as if you're DPS, but you don't do very much damage. So that does make it a little bit boring. Um, but it's a chance to learn the boss mechanics, which balances it. So I kind of appreciate it. So yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying it. And I don't know how quickly I'm going to be able to get through it, but I am enjoying playing it much more than I have the previous 250 hours. So here we are. Brilliant. I am uh, I'm looking forward to going back to it. I'm probably going to be going back to it on Sunday. Um, that is my goal. 
Um, but I kind of wanted to switch my job because I'm currently a tank and I like it, but I'm I'm ready to be something else. I might go and I'm thinking of a DPS, maybe even Black Mage because I never played as a Black Mage. So that might be. I think be. you should try healing. No. You'd be terrible at it. Yeah, I don't have the patience nor the, you know, kind of respect for others to heal. No, you don't have respect for anyone. No. Wow. That's true. Yeah, I think I will. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try a Black Mage. See what that's like. Although I think... Black Mage, you uh, like you have to stand still and cast, don't you? Yes, the same with White Mage. Uh, see, I like that's one of the reasons why I like um, Bard or um, what's it called? Uh, Bowman, Archer, Archer. Yeah, there that you, you can kind of just start shooting as you're running around and stuff, which I like. But that's uh. the point: is that you have to dodge the the AOEs and you have to hang back. Mm. So that you're in clear space and you've got to time your spells. So you can't just spam spells. You have to actually think. I can try that. You can attempt that. Yeah. Um, if you want movement, go red mage. I say I'm going to be doing it with like whatever is released at that point. So I'm currently, I've just finished 2.0. We just had credits. So we're now going into like the 2.0 to 3.0 uh, patches or the 2.1 to, uh, to 3.0 patches before Heaven's Ward. So it's going to take a while. And yes, Bowman, like Edith Bowman. Whatever happened to Edith Bowman? A radio presenter. Yeah. She's on Radio 2. Is she? Oh, I don't yeah. hear her. No, she does the afternoons, I think. Oh. Um, anyway, so I played Shadowbringers, and then I've also played this week Final Fantasy 1. Me which too. Which is the Pixel Remaster, um, which I whipped through in pretty much a day. Yes. <laughs> um, it's very short, but that's because I use the assists. So there are assists in the Switch version of it that, and PS4 that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, so you can have it that you get four times XP or two times XP, um, also like four times money. Um, so you get tons of gil and then you can switch encounters on and off. So at the beginning, I just bumped it up to four times everything and yeah. kept encounters on. And I feel like I leveled up very quickly. Um, but the thing with that game is that there's not, it's not the longest of games in terms of narrative and the amount of stuff to do. It's just that it's padded out by all the random battles that you have to do because it's a NES game from 1987. Um, so they had to add gameplay with random battles. And nowadays that just becomes really grindy and kind of dull. Mm. So if you just bump it up to four times, you can basically do a bit of grinding just to level up and then turn encounters off and spend the dungeons actually exploring and doing the puzzles or collecting chests or whatever without having to worry about constantly doing battles um which was actually really nice so i really enjoyed doing that um i basically turned off encounters for probably 90 percent of the game because i was just really op um yeah. but that also made it really fun i had <laughs> enough enough money all the time to buy all the best upgrades all of the magic and just basically one-shotted almost everything which i appreciate takes some of the strategy out of the game but i was there to appreciate the world and like the characters and you, you start to see the origins of the series, which of course it is. So you start to see the origins of the different jobs and um, character names and certain enemy names that come up. Um, and I just wanted to appreciate that as opposed to slog through loads of random battles. Um, so I was quite happy to have the assists on. And I, I think I did it in seven and a half hours in total. Yeah, I did it in about 12, I think. But I was like wanting to make it a little bit longer because um, I finished it as well. But it took me, yeah. A few days, I just yeah came back to it and stopped for a little bit, just because I wanted it to feel a bit like an epic journey, which it was. I I really enjoyed it as well, and yeah, I put it on the four times XP gill and whatnot, and uh, 
Yeah, there's only a couple of times I was a little bit flummoxed where to go. Um, in fact, I think of maybe about an hour and a half of that is just me kind of wandering around looking for where it's wanting me to go next. Because it doesn't have like a quest marker. It's not, you know, it doesn't have the modern quality of life things. But I actually really like that. And I think a few games are actually going back to that to that style. I mean, um, that's that's the old NES way. You know, yeah. that's what the original Zelda had. You have to and speak now, to Breath people the and they'll tell you where to go next for your quest. And you have to kind of like think about it. Although there is one person yeah. that you go to and it's like, if you speak to this fairy, it'll tell you where to go. And after about an hour into the game, she's like, mm, I can't tell you anything anymore. Sorry, bye. Oh, the dancer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not fair. It's the dancer. Yeah, it's the dancer. She's very annoying. Yeah. Because I kept going back to her, and then she was just like, oh, I can't tell you anymore. You're like, what? Well, what's now the I point have to of you? Think. Yeah. There was only one bit I got genuinely stuck on that I did look at a guide, but it was only just a pointer, because I knew, and I guess, spoiler if you haven't played it, but you'll know what I mean. It's um, been out long enough. It has been out long enough. So there's that town that you go to in the east, the northeast, where everyone speaks another language. Mm. And oh, yeah. people have dropped hints of you need the Rosetta Stone because, of course, you do. Um, and crossing. And I was like, okay, where do I find this then? And people were talking about it, but no one was saying where it is. And I wandered the entire map talking to oh, everyone my God. and could not find it. And it's because it's in, in a chest, in the chest, in the dungeon, the third dungeon. The one, that, it's the one, it's the. So I, there are like thirty six chests in that dungeon, and I like that it tells you how many you've got and how many are left. And I had like thirty three. And it, it was quite difficult to get it because you had to kind of like scroll off the map. Because yeah. you loop it's around like the map. It's a weird pathway that, that you don't quite notice that takes you off into mm. a different room that you hadn't seen before. Yeah. So I just completely missed that and had been wandering around the map for like 40 minutes being like, where the fuck do I go? I don't want to yeah. look at a guide. I want to do this myself. Um, There's some things in I like that. Like if you're inside, so some, they'll have a map. If you're in a dungeon, for example, you have a little, uh, yeah, you've got the cave or whatever. And then you go into one of the rooms and then you've got, obviously you can see what's in that room. But if there's like a bunch of rooms in that map or in that cave, if you look at the map when you're inside a room, it actually shows you what's inside all of the other ones. So I was able to use that to see which like which rooms have chests in that I didn't open. You can open. flip between like interior and exterior. Yeah, basically. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. It, like I say, it was just whipped through it in a day just to appreciate the origins of a series that I really love and enjoy. And it's just a fun, classic mm classic game i can it was I can very see classic why why it became big and it's just like there are so many things i'm like is it were they the first to do this or was this the style then for example i got i'm gonna go into a bit of spoiler territory now so if you i mean just to quickly answer your question final fantasy was basically zelda meets dragon quest yeah. so not not a lot of it was new well one thing i did like and i'm gonna like say i'm gonna you know skip or pause for or mute for a minute if you don't want to any any spoilers but I like the fact that you go into these four corners of the world, you fight bosses based on their like elements, the earth, wind and fire and whatever else it was. Water. Water. Um, earth, wind and fire, they the remember. That is, do you remember? Yeah, they're on That's radio them. too. Um, but I also love as well that at the end of it, when you finally, you know, you're going to the end boss and you're going to the end place, you have to fight them all again, like one after the other. And oh, I, in the final dungeon. Yeah, in the final dungeon, yeah. you have to fight all the bosses that you've already fought, one after another. And I was just like, this is, I don't know, just, it just felt like it was building up to a really grand end uh, ending, which I really enjoyed. Like, mm. yeah, just thinking like, yeah, these guys, yeah, I was having a lot of you know, trouble, or maybe I would have been if I'd not had all the assists on. I had some trouble beating these guys, and now I've got to fight them again and again, and it just kind of proves just how strong you are now. And then you have to They're fight the final boss. As well. 
Are they much more powerful? Yeah, they were more powerful versions. That's true, actually, because you do go in a different order, and I think they were all, like, the same level. Mm. Um, but, like, the final boss took me quite a while to the finish. The final boss is an arsehole. Took like, me ages. Having, having been OP for the whole game, I then actually died on the final boss and was incredibly frustrated. Oh, but I died a bunch of it's times. It's that thing of, like, when a game is really easy and then suddenly it spikes up and you don't yeah. expect it, you're like... I'm sorry, you want me to use my brain at this point when I've used yeah. not, my, haven't used my brain at all for seven hours? Yeah, you were um, like, oh, use haste and you can get more hits in. I was like, haste? I'm not used haste single time in this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then for some reason, like one of my, like I had like a really high level character who had a really decent weapon, but was attacking the enemy and was just doing one damage. So I was just like, I had no idea why that was happening. Um, Shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah, the final boss was a bit of an ass, but... Uh, but no. it, it felt good when you beat it. Because I think even with the assists, it, all, all the assists did was cut out the grinding bit. Like, the, you were still, like, it was still quite difficult, some of the battles. Um, I mean, maybe not for you, but a few of them I was like, oh, I'm kind of one person's dead and I've run out of uh, high potions. Which I think that's actually one of the problems I had is I'd run out of potions at, at one point. Um, and sometimes you go into a boss battle and you haven't actually fully healed. Um, and you've still got, and you've got, like, you haven't got enough magic for various things. So, yeah, that would definitely cause me a few problems. But I quite liked that because it made me feel like I was properly, you know, properly playing the game like like they were back in the 80s. Maybe you should now play Stranger of Paradise. So I, was, I thought about that, but instead I went straight into Final Fantasy 2. Of course. Which is weird. Final Fantasy 2 is really cool as well because I thought, with it being a pixel remaster, because like the style's kind of changed. Um, like you compare pixel remaster one to the original one and obviously like the battle system looks completely different. Because uh, he doesn't have like the the four characters on the right in a box, and then the monster on the left. Mm -hmm. um, but they've actually made it so it looks like the graphics have upgraded, which maybe they did. Because well, Final Fantasy One was snares, was two snares as well. Nez. Or nez, sorry, nez was two nez or snares. Um, so one, two, three were nez. Four, five, six were snares. Oh. Seven, eight, nine PS One. Um. 10, 11, 12, PS2. I mean, you know the rest. Yeah. Um, but that was obviously only in Japan. Yeah. Because I think, is it Final Fantasy 2 in America is actually Final Fantasy 4 or 3? Oh, this sounds confusing. And 3 is 6, I yeah. think. Because um, they weren't, they didn't come out in the West. They were only in Japan. Yeah. So the numbering is actually different. Okay. Well, it's... Um, there you go. Interesting, but I, yeah, very interesting. But I really enjoyed it. And two is interesting as well because you kind of level up weapons and you level up. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting my head around it. I've only just started. I've played like about an hour of it. I've been, I'm enjoying it so far as well. It's a di completely different story. Like the story mm. is actually quite gripping from the start. It's not the most basic. Like you are for adventure. Well, you maybe it does become that, but like it's not the typical. Oh, these four people appeared from nowhere. You need to go and kill the enemies that are, you know, ending the the world. I also quite like the story of one. Just going back to that quickly. I enjoyed that, like, the world's on a Simple. Loop. Yeah. Um, but, like, two starts well, off it sort of, it a bit more interesting. Well, it also makes the title a bit ironic because... Yeah. Because the reason they called it Final Fantasy is because Squaresoft was going bust and they needed one last chance to, like, have a hit game. And Final Fantasy was that game. And so they called it Final I Fantasy because it was their final chance. I thought that was debunked. Was it? Yeah. Oh, well, Sorry. That's, that's a general theory. Fine, apparently yeah. I'm wrong. I th um, I'll double check that, though. But I it's um, it's final because, I guess, it, it the world is on a loop, but this is the final version of it in order to to clear the loop. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's... Oh, title. Over the years, several theories have emerged why it was called Final Fantasy. Uh, Sakaguchi revealed that from the beginning, the team had wished for a name that could be shortened to FF. That was it. It was a really boring answer. Oh, that, <laughs> that is way, really boring. The game's title could be abbreviated in Latin script and pronounced in four syllables in the Japanese language. Uh, the original was Fighting Fantasy, but was changed to avoid issues with the game book series of the same name that had been released. Uh, the reason for choosing the word final to form the eventual title of Final Fantasy was explained as twofold by Uatsu. For one thing, it stemmed from Sakaguchi's personal situation, as he would have quit the game industry and gone back to university had the game not sold well. Okay, well, that's kind of what I meant. <laughs> and for another, Square was under the threat of bankruptcy at the time, which meant the game could have been the company's last. Also that. Although Sakaguchi confirmed some of the theories, he later downplayed the rationale for choosing the word final, saying it was definitely a back-to-the-wall type situation back then. But any word that starts with an F would have been fine. <laughs> what so other... he downplayed it, but that doesn't mean it was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. What would I'll F... take that then. What other F words could you get? <laughs> Fucking fantasy. No, yeah, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> well, we're all thinking it. Yeah. Flappy fantasy. Yeah. Flappy fantasy. Fappy fantasy. That's yeah. one for you. Flappy. Happy. What's the one as well? Frotting fantasy. <laughs> oh, fickle fantasy. I like that. Fun fantasy. Food fantasy. Food fantasy. Absolutely. I know. I was like, I'm not even going to say that because I got my channel banned. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, flower fantasy. Female fantasy. All female heroes. Yeah. I would play that. Yeah. I mean, that's fun fantasy. Tend to do. I wouldn't play that. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't recommend it. Um, what yeah. else have you played this week, Ben? Have you played anything else? Yes. You have. You I finished something, finished, didn't you? I finished three games. Wow. So I finished that. I have finished uh, Breath of the Wild. Felching Fantasy. Yeah. Farage Fantasy. Uh, I've um, finished, uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild. I have completed all 120 base shrines, beat Ganon, and uh, yeah, very much enjoyed that. And I'm quite glad that I finished it last weekend so that there's a bit of a break between uh, this and then the new one coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, let's just tomorrow. Are you excited? Yeah, but I guess we'll talk about that in the news. Not that they've got picked up any news. Oh, God, I literally haven't even done the news section this week. That's fine. Just bring it up on your phone. Uh, well, not right I now. I haven't even read it, though. I've been off this week. I haven't been working. Well, we can maybe just talk about Zelda. I, I purposely haven't really looked at the news. Well, don't look at the news. Work. It is work. Um, can we, we just talk... not have news this week? We talked about Eurovision. That's true, yeah. That's news. I mean, we're already over an hour. <laughs> Fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll that was definitely, a fun segment. We'll definitely bring up uh, Zelda. Um, <laughs> because the reviews are out. And I want to comment on the people that replied to them. Okay, well, we'll do that at the end instead. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, I finished that. I mean, there's nothing much more to say about it other than it's like one of the best games of all time. Correct. And it still is. Correct. And it sounds like the second one might be as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, the other game that I finished is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <laughs> Oh, you hate it. I mean, it's a good game. There's, like, there's a reason why it's kind of high eighties on Metacritic. It's a good game. Don't trust the reviewers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please, someone clip that. Uh, <laughs> but like performance aside, the performance is pretty dire. Like it drops down to thirty, below thirty FPS occasions when it's busier. But I kind of I switched it down to easy mode and had a much better time with it because I just want to go through and kind of slice through people with the lightsabers. Because the challenge isn't really about the battles. The challenge is about kind of traversal and working out puzzles and how you get from one place to another. The battles are kind of just a, an extra thing on there. Um, so I didn't want to be kind of just stuck on those. So yeah, I got rid of, uh, I put it down to easy. And um, yeah, I finished it. It's great. It's a, The story starts off, I remember people being like talking about how good the story was. And for the first five or six hours, I was like, really? Not, not really for me. Uh, That's where I'm at. Yeah, but then it just gets a bit 
more and more interesting and you finish you finish the well i'm not gonna spoil anything but like there's a boss that you're like oh, okay this probably is a final boss and obviously no there's loads more afterwards um which i don't think it did it didn't outstay its welcome for me because i had i had it on easy so i was kind of just whizzing through it um but i was just yeah no i just really enjoyed it i thought the characters in it were really engaged like really funny and you actually cared about them the frog the frog frog detective was amazing he looks just like frog detective and yeah no the map was huge tang twink fingle twingle oh um yeah it's not it's something like toodle or something like that mm, i don't remember yeah been playing games on easy no surprise absolutely the mode's there for a reason sam um <laughs> i don't have time to waste you know i need to play another I game do. i was playing it on normal and you were getting very very angry mm, i wouldn't say very very angry well because the, the thing is the bat the it's not very fair like the controls are not very good in battles so i could hear you going in like general. i did dodge you motherfucker yeah, there was a lot of that going on yeah yeah but it's no and it sam says he hasn't played a star wars game since the i haven't enjoyed a star wars game since the first battlefront 2 but like jedi um jedi fallen order was a good game like a, a solid eight out of ten for me and this one is a good solid eight out of ten for me as well like it's evolved from the last one it's got it's better um it's not kind of reinvented the wheel the maps are a lot more interesting like they're, they're huge i would politely disagree well it's an opinion so you can't disagree with an opinion it's my opinion you can tell us your own opinion though go on um, then well, no, I haven't played it anywhere near as much as you. So you, because you finished it, I've played it for four or five hours. Oh, well, um, your, your opinion is? Is invalid, of invalid, course. Yeah. Um, and I also played it on Monday when, um, I don't bore with the details, but I was fasting for a stomach test thing. Oh, so God, I was most miserable. I've never known anyone so miserable in my life. I was very hangry. Oh, Jesus. And um, playing a video game the room. was really not what I should have done, but I did it anyway. So that has probably coloured my experience a little bit. That's it. when you were in the um, living room and I just went and played a game in the bedroom because I was like, I'm not hanging around you. You played Final Fantasy. Yes. And had a lovely time. Um, my my thing with, with Jedi Survivor, and it's the same thing that I had with Fallen Order, which for me it hasn't overcome, is that it's just blatantly taking bits of other games and then putting a little star wars sheen on it and i feel like if it wasn't star wars people would be ripping it to shreds but because it's star wars people are like i like this universe and therefore they enjoy it more and i like star wars don't get me wrong but the story of this i mean you said it gets better so far at the beginning yeah it the is story gets is more interesting later on definitely i could not tell you what the story is about no me neither at the start it's meh mm. And it's just, it's a bit of Metroid, it's a bit of Dark Souls, it's a bit of, like, Horizon, it's a bit of whatever else. A bit of Uncharted, definitely with, like, the wall running. Definitely Uncharted in there. And I would personally rather play all of those games than play this. I just think that it doesn't do what it takes from other games better than them. And I don't feel the need to have them all together. Like, look, we all know that I like Souls games. But the level design of Souls games is very good, the way it's circular, and this does not do that. The Souls games have really good combat that is challenging but fair. The controls feel good. Parrying feels good. This does not have that. 
it, it the, the combat mm. is not good in this game. No, no, it's not. Um, the map system is still not as good as Metroid Prime's. There are there's just a lot in it that I just don't think is as good as the games that it's aping. Put it all together, it's a perfectly fun, fine experience. If you're a Star Wars fan, add like five stars to it. Um, for me, it's like a six out of ten. Well, are you going to keep playing it? Maybe. Well, I don't know. Cause... Well, probably because well, we Zelda know that will... I enjoy playing games that I hate. Yeah, but so Zelda's I will out probably tomorrow. continue playing it a little bit. That's a good point. Zelda's out tomorrow. So maybe not. But I've played enough of it that I have that opinion. Whether that is a good one or valid is your probably opinion is your opinion. Incorrect. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Yeah. Um, big. Uh, Gary says he gets Guardians of the Galaxy vibes from folks watch, watching folks play it. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of quite linear. Guardians of the Galaxy is a rip of Star Wars anyway, so yeah. Yeah. I'll, Which I'll get told off for saying. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. But um, someone in chat might. But no, like the game itself, it's a lot more of a kind of exploratory map where you can kind of, yeah, you unlock certain areas. Like the maps are huge. There are not that many of them, but they are bigger and bigger. And obviously you can go for you can go and visit new places uh with like abilities that you get later on but later on it just becomes this kind of like yeah wall running and uh grappling hook kind of swinging kind of traversal uh maze pretty much uh sam says i need to read dead's reviews more on point thanks sam Yes, he's definitely got an opinion as uh, as old ed the thing is like the star wars game it, it it's a fun game don't get me wrong i kind of semi-enjoyed playing it apart from being hangry at the time yeah um so it's it's an enjoyable game it's just i don't think it's like a nine out of ten five out of five experience it's no. just it's it's good but unoriginal and also the fact that it it runs really badly pisses yeah. me off as well the frame rate's shocking like it's choppy yeah if it was 60 glitches. fps permanently it would be more enjoyable like it would just be an enjoyable game to play because sometimes these kind of games you just want to pick up and kind of goof around with for a bit. Um, and and the, the great thing is it's got such like light controls that like you can jump around and fly and do whatever you want with relative ease. Um, it's not a lot of build up and like downtime. It's kind of just run, shoot, you know, or run or attack. This kind of thing's happening all the time. Um, but like when the performance tanks when you're doing that, it's like, no. Yeah. And as Mr. Millhill says, it's okay for a game to be 7 out of 10. I love a 7 out of 10 game. Or I've 4 out of 5. I've played plenty of 7 out of 10 games. Um, do you like a 4 out of 5 game? I do. Um, it's just like, I don't know, some people are uh, more sympathetic to it than others, depending on what the game is, I guess. Okay, and before we go on to 4 out of 5 uh, games, I played a little bit of um, Park Beyond today. You have? You've been playing the beta? Yes, now I'm a Park Beyond visioneer. So uh, I do get some access just as like a, a bit of a kind of, what's it called? Disclaimer. There you go. Um, but so I am on their like Visioneer program. It's not paid, but I do get uh, I do get some uh, like early access and I got some keys today to give away. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. If you like Planet Coaster, which you'll be compared to always, you will like this. It's very, How does very it compare similar. to Roller Coaster Tycoon? Because that's my level. One or two. One. One. Um, the original. There's a lot more freedom to move around, um, but it's a very different game. Okay. It's very much a... Pla yeah, it is very much Planet Coaster. It kind of... Playing it made me want to play some Planet Coaster. Ooh. Um, Awkward. Yeah. No, like, 
I mean, I'm honest about what I like, what I think of games. It made me want to play Planet Coaster just because that's got so much more to it. Whereas this is in the beta, so it's very early on. I was playing the campaign mode, so not everything was unlocked. Um, but, I mean, obviously that game has been built up over a long, long time. So, you know, eventually they'll probably do a sequel to that um, where they've learned even more. So this one obviously just has some little kinks to iron out, but it's, um, you know, for a beta, it's, it runs really, really well. My main question in comparing it to Planet Coaster, um, because for me, I've seen people play Planet Coaster and I haven't played it myself, so I don't know what the opening stages of it are like but it looks like it's very complicated because there's so much customization. Hmm. It, it looks a bit impenetrable and it scares me to start playing it. How is the onboarding of Park Beyond? Oh, very easy. Like, okay. I don't know if you're sorry, but it's just like you are, you're creating a roller coaster to get from one place to another. And it's like, really, it is very, it did take a while actually. And they're like, okay, this is, so if you want to turn to increase the height of it, you need to get from like this place to this place to this place with this track. And yeah, you need to adjust the the height with this button. Okay, do it. Right, to get from to the next place, you need to curve it. You need to go around this building. Okay, so you do that. And so, yeah, no, it, it does very much. And this time you need to go up to above, uh, to like the top of this skyscraper. So you obviously need a chain lift to take you up there. So go and do it. So yeah, it is very, very well onboarded. Okay, um, good. Rollercoaster Tycoon was the best in the series. Rollercoaster Tycoon 2, yes, it was. Uh, Planet Zoo is very... Planet Zoo as well. I mean, I do really like those games, but I think they're the ones that you really just want to play the challenge mode. But then when you're playing a challenge mode, you don't care... I find I don't care so much about the aesthetic and how it looks. Um, I'm more carry... I care more about, like, getting the right turns and getting the right rating for something. Mm. Um, so a sandbox mode then later on is a bit is a bit better. But I, I do really enjoy um, Planet Coaster, and this is... I can't wait to see where this goes because, yeah, the rides are really interesting. Like, I built a roller coaster that had a jump and one that had a cannon that shot the roller coaster out of a cannon and it landed on the other on the tracks on the other side. And there's various other things where you could. The, uh, it's like it, impossible rides, right? Yeah. There's one that goes, it goes off road for a bit. <laughs> like, the roller coaster becomes like a like the carts that you're in go into this giant bubble and kind of roll along. And then, yeah. It's. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's very interesting. I can't wait to see what more there is. And uh, yeah, I'll be definitely playing more. And the uh, beta runs until the 19th. Because I guess that impossible stuff is what stands, is, is why this stands apart from others. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of, it's the unique aspect of rides. Um, which does sound really fun. Mm. But equally, it still needs to have good park management mm -hmm. tools underneath it. Yeah, I'm I'm losing a lot of money. I think... Um, Planet Coaster is easier. Oh, in the game. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Not in real life. I'm worried for a second there. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Um, okay, should we go on to the news? No, let's see what people are playing in Discord. Okay, we should do that. You always forget this. I'm we really glad the you're... people every week to answer the question and then you ignore them. Well, that's true. Shocking. Um, but let me go and bring it up. But yeah, the coaster aspect, as Cap says, the actual making the roller coaster aspect of it is... Um, a lot better. Uh, it's a lot more like user friendly. Good. Um, right, where were Answer we? Of the day. Oh, we have had a few answers. We have. Go on then. Can you make it slightly bigger? Because I'm sat further away from the screen. There we go. Thank you. And you can pour me some water while you're there as well. Sure. Thanks. Go on then. Right. Pete Random is uh, working their way through the Game Pass back catalogue from a guy who stopped playing games for 10 years. The last few weeks have been Hollow Knight, which is an 
Excellent choice, Pete. Um, I keep losing my money and then dying before getting it back again, so I'm always poor, which frustrates me. In theory, an excellent game. I love the illustration and the world, but I'm a bit shit, and it's quite hard. It is quite hard, um, for sure. I mean, I'd say losing the money, maybe you sort of grind a little bit at the start, if, if there's something in particular you want, but I wouldn't worry too much about it as well. Um, it's a brilliant game. Just enjoy, like you say, enjoy the illustration. That's the best bit of it. I love it. You yeah. hated Hollow Knight. I hated Hollow Knight. It's an incredible game. It wasn't for me. Um, actually, speaking of news, Silk Song's been delayed. I saw. Um, that's one thing I did see. Because it was meant to be coming out the first half of this year. And they've basically said that the game is a lot bigger than they had intended it. And they've added in lots of new features. So that's now been pushed back. Um, so yeah, that's going to be later on in the year. Money says, you wouldn't be so chill about this had you not lost 900 fucking bug coins. Is that to me? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't lose 900 fucking bug coins. I think it was to you. I mean, I, I'm chill as in like I played it for about half an hour and thought or an hour and I was like, you know what? Not for me. It's all part of the experience. It's a learning experience. No, I don't need that. Blame Dark Souls. Mm. Uh, Sidious, continuing my Final Fantasy journey with Final Fantasy 2. Uh, because Sidious finished Final Fantasy 1 last week. Yeah. We, we are a step behind. Mm. Um, several hours in so far, and I'm enjoying it. Much different take on leveling in this game. There are no character classes or types. Any character can use any weapons or spell, and all start at level 1. And the more you use it, the more you gain experience with it, and it will level up. Mm. Your attributes level up in a similar manner. When you get attacked, your HP or defense could go up. Casting spells could cause your MP or intelligence to go up. So far, there seems to be a bit more to the story than in the first game, and I can tell that this game is going to be quite a bit longer. Yeah, I mean, to also, yeah, tell us, like, what you think of your games, because we get a lot of, like, descriptions, but feel free to just tell us about what you think, whether mm. you like that or not. It's an interesting idea for the levelling, I think. Yeah, I th they didn't go back how... to it, did they? <laughs> well, no, they didn't go back to it, although Final Fantasy IX sort of does in its abilities... And that you have abilities connected to weapons, and then the more you use those abilities, they mm. you sort of gain experience in them a little bit. I think mm. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, they haven't really returned to it. Um, the Elder Scrolls does a similar thing as well. In um, I think it's Oblivion. So you, if you keep jumping, you improve your jumping until you can literally just leap everywhere, oh. and it's really silly. I had no idea. Yeah. I never played it. <laughs> there you go. Neither did I. I just saw it. Uh, <clears throat> Riley, I'm back in my Animal Crossing era. I restarted my island last Friday and started with Flip and Muffy. I don't know who they are. Muffy, the queen. Oh, of course. Yeah, Flip, I think, is a monkey. Uh, and now have had Zucker and Chevra move in. Zucker, the uh, the octopus. The octopus. Sucker. Yeah. Chevra. Or is it goat? Of course. Uh, Puddles is the mystery one I let the game pick. I got the museum and the first shop. Just waiting for the Able Sisters, Isabel, and the next round of houses. I forgot how fun and fresh starting over can make the experience. The, the beginning was my favourite bit of Animal Crossing. Yeah. I don't have the creativity to make stuff like you do, but um, yeah, the uh, the opening and actually having stuff to achieve, that's that's the bit I enjoyed yeah. the most. Uh, Yuffie. Welcome back, Yuffie. We haven't heard from you in a week. Uh, in, well, in a while. Really. Anybody in a week. Uh, finally had a chance to play some games this week after all my traveling. Spent a day wrapping up Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, rhythm action game that retells the Dark Seeker saga. Whatever the fuck that is. Um, the last 15-ish minutes seemed the most relevant outside of the recap of the series through cutscenes. I really enjoyed playing, but I think I annoyed the husband with trying to get a perfect combo for Let It Go. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> yep. Uh, now just working on unlocking the last four songs. 
I know you both don't seem to be Kingdom Hearts fans, but those who are would enjoy it. I have played what I've played of Kingdom Hearts. I've loved. Um, I just need to be able to play it like on the go, and I don't and not by cloud. Like I would happily play Kingdom oh, Hearts on I, Switch. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to play it on either the Switch or on the Steam Deck, but unfortunately, it's Epic Games exclusive at the moment. Uh, if it comes to Steam and I get to play it on like Steam Deck, I would love that. Just because I've played it, I started it quite recently, actually, again on uh, on stream, and really enjoyed that. I like the first one. Just it just weird gets and a bit complicated. After yeah, that. I'd like to go into the different worlds. It's cool. Mm. Um, I've gotten sucked back into playing Wingspan again, digital adaptation of the strategy board game Wingspan. The game is about creating habitats for birds and growing your preserves using the powers of each bird card. Super nerdy, but really relaxing and fun. Still waiting for the Oceana expansion to be launched. There is going to be 95 new species and other new features added with this second DLC. I don't think I've ever heard of a game that is more yuffy than Literally, that. I had to look here because Wingspan was... Um, I got an email about it and I just found it like when they gave me a copy for it. And I think you might have been around at that time, but it was... Yeah, 16th of December 2020. So yeah, you would have been around. Oh, wow, it's an old one. Someone offering me a... A review copy for Wingspan, and I don't think I replied. Weirdly enough, but yeah, it, it's not really my cup of tea. But I love that it's the most yuffy game ever. It the, is our bird botherer. It really is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I quite like a board game occasionally. Hmm. Um. Lenny Lavi still playing Honkai Star Rail. Made it to EQ two last night, so now I'm in my grinding for mats era. I don't know what any of that means, but I'm interested. Grinding for materials. Okay, that makes EQ, sense. EQ, uh, Earth Quest 2. 2. Maybe. Uh, evolve. Some Q for Quest? Queen? No idea. Yeah. I'm intrigued by that game. I just, I don't have the time to play it. EverQuest, yeah. EverQuest. Don't have the time, but I'd love <laughs> to give it a try. It goes to different games. Uh, also tried out Honkai Impact 3rd, the original MiHoYo release. It's more like Dungeon Crawler. The story at the beginning also makes zero sense. I'll plug along, and if I still am not interested, uninstall. Fair. Mm. Uh, of course, the daily logging in of Final Fantasy XIV to run two roulettes and then log off. Uh, if I didn't have my house, I'd take a long break. Yeah, I guess... Mm. Mm, hang on, when's the next expansion? Uh, not expansion, uh, the next um, patch. Isn't it quite soon? Uh, which, which one, sorry? Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, uh, I think it is. I'm sure there's a new patch. Oh, was the one soon. just recently? I'm sure it's coming soon. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Millhill, finally something else besides Dead by Daylight. Uh, I bought and finished Dredge. Now, this is a game I also want to play and I haven't. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Kind of love crafting and fishing simulator is right up my alley and fear of the deep and fog is very exciting. Fishing is very important first, but later you don't really have to fish that much, which is a shame. Also, trying to find pieces of wood, metal and such to upgrade your boat is a bit of a chore. But the atmosphere and great controls make even the tedious things something to enjoy. Eight out of ten. Thank you for the score. I do feel like, yeah, I should play it as well. When you get it on PlayStation, then I come. Oh, I'll just magically get it, shall I? Yeah. I'm sure you've got a contact. All right. Oh, by the way, Nordenheim came back. Also, I'm going to be honest. When you talked about Alicia Dixon, Dixon and Naughty's music, I fell into a YouTube music video rabbit hole. Understandable. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, second I click on something and then, yeah, an hour later... Mike, what happened? Yeah, that's the, the what you have been playing uh, this week. But we're going to finish with talking about a game called Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which Zelda. is out tomorrow. 
and the reviews are in. There are 62 critic reviews and the average is 97, Ooh. which is way, it's higher than I thought. I thought 92 because I thought people would be like, okay, it's pretty much just using the world from Breath of the Wild, but adding some extra bits to it and um, like the sky areas and all this stuff. But turns out, no, turns out it could be one of the best games of all time. So, yeah, I have, I've only read one review, which is the Eurogamer one, because obviously I'm supporting... Gave it two out of ten or something, didn't it? Uh, They gave it four out of five. Um, I haven't read any others, because I, having seen the scores, I can see, okay, it's clearly a very good game. I'm happy to now just go in and enjoy it, and I don't want to know anything else about it. So I haven't read any of the reviews. I've just looked at the scores and thought, yep, I'm happy with that. I was a bit worried that people would say, oh, it's too similar to the original, or it would sort of flop mm. or be disappointing. But it I'm, seems like, judging literally just judging by numbers, that people are enjoying it a lot. I'm just worried, and I don't know if they've been, if they brought this up in the game, uh, in their reviews or anything, but I'm worried that it kind of, that playing this will make me never want to play Breath of the Wild. If it's like an improvement in every way, so you're just like, why would I, anybody go back? Whereas other Zeldas, like Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, people still go back and enjoy those because they're so different and standalone. Well, that's the problem with it being a sequel, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, do you go and play the original... Gary was saying earlier in the chat about how he wants to play the new Star Wars, but it will play the original first. I mean, and that is a game that is, yeah, you want to play the first one. Um, because well, yeah, it's there a is continuous a story. story yeah. Continuous story, and you can see the character development, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas this, will you want to go and play the first one again? If you finish this and go, oh my God, this is amazing. You know what? I'm going to go back and play the first one again because I just want to, you know, get more of it. Or is it going to be like, no, this is completely like replaced it as the Zelda game to play on Switch? Probably. I mean, Breath of the Wild, you can spend hundreds of hours in it. You can also whip through it in about 10 if you want to. So if you did want to just say, hey, I really feel like playing it again, if, if even if it's just for story, mm. you can whip through it very quickly. Yeah. Um, if you wanted. Mm. I mean, it's a good game in its own right, I'm sure. Yeah. It's still remembered as a classic. But uh, we will see with Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. But yeah, the reviews are out. People are commenting. Oh, yeah, we, people are commenting. Now, I had a that little was your look. Segue. Thank welcome. you for uh, introducing this. I knew you wanted to say something. So, Eurogamer gave it a four out of five, which apparently means that it's a terrible game. No. Because I did have a look at some of the comments that people have left. Don't read the comments. Four out of five, you're going to kill it, score, and it's definitely better than four out of fucking five, scumbags. Says someone who's not played it. Yeah, someone who's not played it. It's way better than four out of five. But they're yet to play it. I, I really I hate people that are like, no, why did you give that game that such a low score? This is appalling. You know, it's much better. It's like, have you played it? I just know from reading the other reviews that it's like, no, no, have you played it though? Did, did you believe that, like, have you actually played it? Even if you have played it, it's not you that has that opinion. It's someone else's opinion. It's what reviews are. Another one. Wow, this is the lowest score I've seen for this game. Someone replied, lost all credibility with me. And the other person, yeah, same. Like, that score is ridiculous. It's like, it's four out of five. It's a good score. The only other score it could be is a five out of five. And yeah, some people might have given it that, but this is still an excellent score, four out of five. And then the other one, four stars. What's the matter with you? And then another person replied with blocked. They blocked Eurogamer for giving it a four out of five. Even though they've not played the game. But the thing is like people, like Redfall got criticized. And everybody and all the people that like for some reason have turned you know playing an Xbox into their personality were like this is shocking like how can you even do that? 
um, and like, wow, they, you know, everyone's just trying to make a, a big deal out of it. Then it came out and ever, and got pretty much panned, and people are, uh, yeah, criticizing that. That was, sorry, it wasn't Redfall. It was them thinking of, I mean, that did happen, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor, like it came out and a couple of reviews were quite low and people were attacking these people for giving quite low scores. And then the game actually came out and the performance was appalling. And now it's got like mostly negative reviews on Steam. And I think the, like the Metacritic user score is really, really low. And it's like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't have just kind of knee-jerk react. I mean, there are so many things to say. There's firstly the fact that it's just a review and it's just an opinion of one person out of the millions that are going to play it. So if you don't like it or don't like the review or don't agree with the opinion, I mean, maybe hold off till you played it yourself to make that comparison. If you don't like the opinion, just move on and mm. read something else. The score itself mm. is still very good. What people have probably done is just look at the score and then dismiss the writing. So maybe read the writing and try and understand a bit more what, what, the review is about it shows that people just read reviews to kind of confirm their own opinions on most things if yeah. it's a game that they know that they're going to love or they know they're going to definitely play they'd look for that if it's something new and obscure like for example like a tunic or something like that if they see that that gets a five out of five they're going to be like oh wow i'm going to go and read this and see what it's all about they're the kind of reviews where they'll actually read it and understand what what it's about but like yeah these kind of big big games these reviews um they're just looking for confirmation bias and there was somebody that said, like, I don't read reviews by critics. I'll play a game, uh, and then if I like it, I'll go and read the reviews afterwards. It's like, sure. Do that. That's weird, but well, sure. The reviews are there for you to for you afterwards, if that's what you want. Yeah, you play a game, you enjoy it, and then you go and read all the reviews that said it was great, just because you've got no friends to talk about how good it was or something. I mean, I will probably go and read the reviews after I've played it, not to confirm my own opinion, but just to be like, okay, well, I played it and this is what I thought. Now I'm interested to see what other people thought. Yeah. And I might disagree with them. I might agree with them. But that is then an interesting comparison afterwards. Yeah. I think reviews, to answer Mr. Milhill's question of do we not need them anymore? Yes, we do. Because I think all art and all media should have some sort of criticism about it. Um, I guess you can argue a some critics more qualified than others <laughs> um, that sounds pointed at certain people ed who would you like to single out i'm not saying no i'm not singling anyone out i know but you can do if you like well no i don't, I don't want to oh. um like i think there are there are for instance there will i'm sure will be fan websites that are probably called nintendo Life. something no i'm not saying nintendo Life. <laughs> um nintendo I'm, I'm what genuinely wasn't even thinking about that i'm thinking some probably some fan blog <laughs> that, somewhere that gave it 10 like, out of 10 that will give it 10 out of 10 regardless because it's called like nintendo lover or zelda lover or something and they'll probably just be like oh my god it's zelda i fucking love it 10 out of 10 and everyone will read and that to it's confirm. Like, yeah and it's like well you're just a fanboy but have you played anything else to make a comparison i'm intrigued I mean, this is to see what edge gives it but... i want to see what edge gives it i think edge might give it a seven just to be different. Just to be different. I'm I'm sure. That's my guess. What yours? For Zelda or an eight, do you think? Maybe an eight, I don't know. Mm. Um I I still think it's good to have people critiquing games and it, it means that we hold the industry to a standard so that then when games come out that you know, like Cyberpunk, for instance, that are buggy as hell. I mean, that was a cock up on the review part because they only reviewed PC, not console, but it's a case of having the media there to play these games and point these things out and hold the industry to a standard. Um, 
that's the point of the media. That's the point of critics. So I think there is absolutely a need for them. But if you're someone who doesn't want to read them and you're going to go out and buy a game anyway, regardless of the review, then don't read the review and then don't moan about it online. And don't turn around and say that a four out of five is going to tank the success of a game when it's Nintendo, it's Zelda, millions of people are going to play it and Nintendo probably couldn't really give a shit about one review. Yeah. Like, they'll and look at the average five, and be like, oh, we did a good job. Great. Why, why are they look so at all des- the money we're making. Why are they so desperate to get the Metacritic review? I mean, this is a company that makes millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions every single year. Why are you desperate for that score to be higher and to sell more? I mean, they're going to make more Zeldas. It's going to be... Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's just really daft people. Really daft. Yep. Um, just looking at things before we move on. Um, I've avoided tons of games because of negative reviews, says Mr. Millhill. And I think I have as well. Like sometimes I've seen a game and I've been interested, like the Benedict Fox game, for example, the last case of Benedict Fox. And I was like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. It was on Game Pass. And I just saw that it's got 68 on Open Critic. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to bother because it sounds like it would probably be a bit of a waste of my time. Um, but who knows? But uh, Rubik, I think <clears throat> yeah. just as well uh, on on that topic as well is that it's what do you think is the purpose of a review? Because for me, that has changed over time in the way that video games have been critiqued and written about. So back in the nineties, video games were usually part of a tech section. Uh, of a newspaper or a magazine or something like that and you'd sit and go through and be like graphics 9 out of 10 gameplay 7 out of 10 longevity and why are three people saying that they won that in the Eurogamer comments? I don't know people oh. apparently like that but that is all that's doing is reviewing a game as a product to say is this worth your time and money mm. and that is a really limited view of what a review should be and I think over time we've got to a point where it can be a critique that is someone's opinion of what that game is from a more political, cultural, societal way of thinking that is much more interesting than just, should I spend 60 quid in this game, yes or no? Because no critic is going to tell you yes or no. That's your opinion. That's your money. You're the only person who can decide if you want to play that or not. Now, I can tell you my opinion of a game and tell you if I think it's culturally relevant, if I think that... It's in, it has interesting mechanics or how it reflects the rest of the industry. But if you want to go and buy that, that's on you. I can't tell you whether to buy that or not. Um, it's it's a piece of art. It's not, you know, here's a T-shirt with holes in it. Yeah. Or, I don't know, like a, a piece, like a mouse that doesn't work. Like, it, it's a piece of art. You have to make up your own mind. And if you want to do that, you either don't read any reviews and you go and buy a game and then make your own mind up or you go and read every single review out there and then make up your mind based on actually reading the full reviews and putting your own opinion together based on that as opposed to just sort of hating on one person or whatever. Anybody just tuning in, uh, we're just talking about it. Sorry, we're just ranting about reviews. Yeah, we're ranting because um, Eurogamer released their review for Zelda and this is the first well, review, this is the first we're squad not- review that they've done in years. As a Eurogamer reporter, I just like to say we're not just talking about Eurogamer. No, we're, no, no. We are contextualizing reviews of Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. But like how they got 10 out of 10 everywhere, but because Eurogamer gave it a 4 out of 5, apparently there are some very upset people who are, who are actually being roundly mocked by the majority, which I do like, um, for saying like, this is going to tank their Metacritic score as though that's something that's terrible. Like, oh, you're going to affect people's bonuses and all this stuff. And like, 
ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like the third, back in the nineties, a lot of gaming magazines used to do reviews with several ratings, like graphics, gameplay. Yeah, you miss those times. See, some people have been saying that, Mister Miller, and I completely disagree. Just because, like, for example, Zelda, what would you put for graphics? Three out of five. I mean, it's got its own art style. I mean, and the performance, it's. I mean, it'll be a solid thirty, but it's going to be at thirty. So, is performance going to be then impacted because it's a thirty? It's not sixty. Like, I mean, Zelda's graphics are not going to be reviewed as highly as Final Fantasy sixteen, I'm sure. But it doesn't impact the game. It's part of the style. It's yeah. I I just don't get that kind of thing. The music. I mean, the Zelda music is quite minimal. It's great, but is it great music? I don't know. It's. I I think you have to review it as an entire product. Well, not a product, an entire piece of art. Sorry, a piece it's of like, art. It's like everything. Not a product, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it is a product, but it's also not. Like, it's it's kind of putting everything together. And I think that kind of worked back in the 90s where, like, the SNES and the and the Mega Drive were competing. Mm. And yes, it's a Mega Drive, not a Genesis. Um, where they were competing, but graphics were very similar. Um, like, the technology behind them was similar. So it was more of an easy comparison. Whereas now I just feel like... The games industry is so vast and disparate and, it, you know, with graphics or whatever, like you can't make that comparison as easily. Like you said, you know, if Zelda were to get a 10 out of 10 in graphics, well, is that a 10 out of 10 for the Switch or is that a 10 out of 10 in comparison to Final Fantasy 16 on a PS5? Like it's it's really hard to state that. So it's kind of easier just to give it an overall score. And also then it, it kind of, it's an interesting thing then of, okay, well, Maybe a game is a 10 out of 10 experience, but its music's terrible. So does that mean that it's no longer a 10 out of 10 experience? Or is yeah. that a, it's still a really good experience. It's just that it has a flaw, which is its music. I mean, Zelda's music is very minimal. Will people criticize that? I mean, I like that, that it only put, kicks in every now and again. It's not kind of the same, you know, repeated stuff, but it's like, is it anything special? I don't know. Um Sam, uh, Sam, my brother in the chat says, I don't base my gaming taste on reviews. Instead, I base it on my brother's castaways when I was 12. Pretty much. Yeah. I remember buying um, Assassin's Creed 1 for £39.99 and I sold it to my brother for £40. You made a 1p profit. I did. I How always remember dare. that. And Rubik says... Sam, you were robbed. <laughs> so Rubik says, uh, I wonder if Yugov has conducted if reviews for games actually matter. Do they help dissuade or accelerate the success of games? Or is it purely the source of the review and not a collective? That might be an interesting thing to chat about on our uh, other podcast, which is called Inbox. Why don't you ask us the question? Yeah, actually, um, there's a thing. Um, go to swappingjoysticks.com slash inbox um, and you can submit a question that we're going to be chatting about because we will be recording the next uh, one of those. It's audio only. It's podcast only. You can only get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast uh, service you've got. Um, but we chat about three, usually about three different questions over 25 minutes. And uh, yeah, you can submit them there. But like, we'll probably do our next one on Monday, um, which will be after we've played a fair bit of Tears of the Kingdom. So, you know, talking about reviews and so that might be an interesting one to uh, to discuss. Mm. Um, Moni, could you send me that as a DM? Because <laughs> I'll forget, but I, I think I might add that to our question list. Um, yeah, Westmanovic says, I don't, honestly don't remember the last time I read a game review. Well, I mean, I hope it was for, um, what was the game you last reviewed? Persona 3. Um, Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. I hope you read the Hi-Fi Rush review on Eurogamer.net. Uh, oh, it's slash uh, inbox. It's got swappingjoysticks.com slash inbox. Oh, the DM was just about, um, uh, just Rubik's question, because that's a, an interesting one. I, I think can... Rubik's is going to 
put it on inbox now anyway. Perfect. So, thank you, Rubik. Thank you. That's a great question. We would love to discuss it. Mm. And uh, I think I feel like the last time we did inbox, uh, we had a really good chat for like 25 minutes in depth. Questions. I just felt like it, it went really well. Um, well, isn't that lovely? It is. But <laughs> we are going to stop there and we'll be moving on. I'm sure next week we'll be Zelda, 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 Zelda. Next week is going to be Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. So I guess if you are playing it, and and you also have opinions then as always the question of the day will be let us know what you've been playing so yeah. um by all means let us know your thoughts and let on us Zelda. know your real opinions yeah like we know what it's like yeah let us know what you actually think yeah and like what you're what you love about it what you hate about it uh what you think they could do differently all that kind of stuff yeah yeah Perfect. so that'll be next week and also if you don't want spoilers then i guess we well we might it might be a little spoilery but, I mean, I'm going to be streaming it, so that'll be spoilery well, as well. So uh, we will talk. Yeah, I mean, if you're not wanting to know anything about it, if you're really that desperate, I imagine you'll have probably played the first 10 hours or so, which is, I imagine, what I'll have played. Um, maybe more. Who knows? I'm very, 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 very close because I'm quite, I've got lots of energy. I'm very tempted to do a midnight stream tonight. It is a potential. Well, that requires you to get the buying the game again. Yeah. Which I might be tempted to. Depends don't, how much I don't, don't waste your money. Your we'll see. Don't do that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that is that'll be swapping joysticks. We might do it later. Uh, won't you be drunk after Eurovision? Says Rubik's probably. And uh, thank you very much for the raid from uh, from Gemma. Uh, we are just about to finish, which is perfect. Oh, luckily the intro sounds are uh, muted on the uh, podcast. So okay, good. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, we've not done anything. But um, yeah. Thank you uh, very much for that. Now, Ed, where can people find you? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch and on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at Biggest Benus one on Twitter because Elon hasn't deleted Biggest Benus, even though they're not posted or liked anything since 2010. Shocking. But I'm sure he will soon. And Although, I, yeah, I'm sure he will soon. If he does do that, that'll be like the one thing that I'm quite happy he's done. Literally the one thing. Um, but yeah, you can find me Biggest Benus one on Twitter. You can find me Biggest Benus on Blue Sky, I'm twitch.tv slash biggestbenus. And you can also catch me at TwitchCon, uh, TwitchCon Amsterdam, no, TwitchCon Paris, where oh. I'll be on a panel. Yes, now that is newsworthy. Tell us about that, Ben. Okay, very quickly. Um, I'm going to be on a panel about streaming as an LGBTQIA plus creator um, in TwitchCon Paris. It's going to be hosted by the lovely Psyche, and I'm going to be joined by Ebonix, Ready Set Ben, Donatart, and Passions Planet, who are all great friends so it's going to be Wonderful such a people. it's going to be such a really fun time um and hopefully we'll make that, it really informative and it'll be streamed as well right it will be streamed yeah it'll uh, it's in the nom nom theater i believe um so and i yeah i had a little chat with psyche about it earlier and we're going to make it obviously kind of serious because there'll be like advice for people are wanting but we're also going to try and make it a, like a real positive place so people who are maybe not lgbt but want to create a space that is welcoming for them uh it's going to be open to everybody. And I hope everybody will get something useful from it. Nath asks, wait, Ben, you're gay? Just a little bit, just on Fridays. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but find us, swappingjoysticks.com. Please, 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 please uh, give us a subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. In my brain, it always wants to say iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, or add us to whatever podcast uh, app, etc., that you use. And yeah, if you do subscribe to us on uh, as the actual podcast, you can get us uh, twice a week because we put, upload the uh, Inbox podcast, a little short bite-sized Q&A one that we do 
um, once a week. So yeah. Very nice. Yes. So you're going to be back tomorrow playing some Zelda. Potentially tonight. I will be back on Monday and I'm determined to finish Bloodborne at long last. Oh God, yes. Um, So that'll be Monday. Otherwise, Inbox will be online somewhere next week. Yes. And we'll be back next Thursday for some Zelda chat. Probably a lot of Zelda. A lot of Zelda chat. Do your thing. Thanks all for watching. See you all next week. Keep swapping.